This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. And now we have our first guest of the morning. So, uh, good morning, Taylor. All right, how are you? Good, good. And so you're calling us, uh, well, maybe not literally from e- Orokinui Eco Sanctuary, but you're calling us for Orokinui Eco Sanctuary. Um, and so, uh, what's going on up there at the moment? Well, yeah, no, that's right. So, yeah, I'm just coining to give you guys a, a fortnightly update about what's kind of happening in the forest and what sort of things that people can expect if they were to, to visit up there at the moment. So, it is um, it is a particularly uh, particularly cold time of year since I last um, gave you an update. We had that real big cold snap and we had those couple of icy days, which, which um, caused some really big frosts up the sanctuary, but um, everything was, uh, everything kind of, uh, made it through those frosts. We had some amazing days where some of our ponds were iced over, but all the wildlife just uh, kept on doing its thing. A lot of that, a lot of that wildlife is um, is very well evolved over millions of years to cope with those extreme cold temperatures that we get here. So mm-hmm. not too big a deal. Yeah. But of course now we're past that. Now we're past the the shortest day. We're past Matariki, and things are starting to get warmer. And we're already starting to notice uh, some of the changes in the forest that we'd expect to see as we come out. of out of that uh, shortest day, uh, one of the things I noticed the other day was a very small, teeny tiny, what we call neonate, which is a baby lizard. And this one was a baby moko kakariki, a baby jeweled gecko. Mm. And instead of birthing these uh, little lizards in spring where you might expect them to, mother moko kakariki tend to birth them in winter. And then, uh, and then they have a chance to grow through spring and, and get into summer. Um, and of course, like nearly all of our native lizards, moko kakariki are live birthers. So instead of laying eggs, they're just laying these tiny little baby lizards, two of them, ready to go. Hmm. And, so, and I, I guess this this ties into the the well, for me it seems like an endless discussion uh, about about seasons in New Zealand and how um, maybe Italy's seasons from two and a half thousand years ago don't particularly match what happens here, um, and we 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 have that concept of spring, but um, our lizards are birthing before it, uh, and if if don't lizards know better than us? Yeah, no, absolutely. There's um. There's the, the the concepts of, of these seasons are, are certainly something that we've created, and the, although you know there are some patterns around the world that you know continue into spring and continue into summer, there's also patterns, particularly in the New Zealand forest, that just are associated with with you know our specific climate here and things mm. that are happening. And so, yeah, I'm sure there's a, a very logical reason why why the uh, baby jewel geckos are being born now. Um, potentially, uh, it's you know they're an animal, particularly when they're young, don't require a lot of food. So maybe they're getting it allows them to be ready for that weather to warm up, so that there's more food available. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're big enough to take advantage of spring by the time spring comes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then the other really exciting thing for us is um, you know for for parents across the country that have realize that this is their last week of week of school before school holidays and I imagine a lot of them are starting to maybe maybe worry a little bit about what they're going to do with, with their kids once they uh, finish school for the term and mm-hmm. so up at the sanctuary we'll be doing uh, kids go free for, for the school holidays 
So on our open days, um, which is Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, during the school holidays, parents will be able to, parents or grandparents or whoever will be able to bring up uh, kids under the age of 18, and those kids will get free entry into Aurokanui. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Yeah, and also every kid that comes through will also get a, a free little um, Explorer pack that um, we've worked with um, with Ray White to get printed for them. Mm-hmm. So they'll be able to get some get some colouring and some activities about the sanctuary that they'll be able to do once they get home as well. So, yeah, we're really excited. We love doing um, the Kids Go Free promotions. It's a great way to... Um, provide a cool activity for for people to do during the school holidays, and mm. um, and also get these get these kids up to the sanctuary and um, out into nature. Yeah, and so are you open every day during the school holidays? No, so we're just going to be open uh, Saturday, Sundays, and Mondays, our normal hours from yep. nine thirty to four thirty, and the cafe from uh, eleven till two. Cool, cool. So yeah, still plenty of opportunity. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so, what what else can they expect to see when they come and visit then? Oh, well, at the moment, the bird feeders are really, really uh, a great place to visit. The The forest is a little bit lean at the moment in some ways. So there's, um, you know, we're coming to a time of year where the last of the season's fruits are starting to disappear. There's only the last sort of things on Marpole and some of the um, things like Hortoweka Lancewood that still have a bit of fruit left on them. But most things are really, are really done with that. And so... A lot of the birds are spending a little bit more time hanging around the feeders. Um, we start to see some really cool behaviours, some some more interactions between the different birds. So, you know, we see Tui getting scrappy with each other and little flocks of Michael feeding together. And, of course, we've got still got our flocks of last season's juvenile kaka flying around together, causing a bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that sounds, sounds plenty to see. And uh, and of course the um, these these clear skies presumably give pretty nice views too. Absolutely, on these on these really classic Dunedin crisp winter days, um, it's gorgeous up there. Obviously, from the from the visitor centre, we look out across uh, Waitaki, Bruskin Bay, across the Silver Peaks, and even if um, even if you only come up to have a coffee in the visitor centre. Um, you're guaranteed to have an amazing view across the valley, and uh, it's pretty special to be able to sit there, you know, sipping a coffee and look out across that you know, ancient native forest. And you know, you can see things like little flocks of kaka flying across the valley. You know, a sight mm-hmm. that you people might not have been able to see for for hundreds of years, but now it's something that that you can witness. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's certainly certainly quite a sight when you see them on the move. So, right. So, so we've heard we've heard about uh, kids go free for school holidays. So take advantage of that on Saturday, Sundays, Mondays, um, and yeah, and um, yeah, still plenty to see despite it being winter. And so, uh, is there anything else you want to share this week? Uh, hmm, I'm having a think. I think I think that's most of most of what, what's happening at the moment. And um, you know, it's uh, we are still in the. We're in the process at the moment. The only other major thing is that we're, you know, uh, we're just in the process of looking at um, coming to the end of our, our school term and also after the decision about our sort of um, the, the Ministry of Education funding for our education program, mm-hmm. we're in the process of um, of kind of taking that time over Matariki to review our education program and our education um, uh you know what, what we're delivering and how we're supporting the community. So, if you are a teacher um, or someone who who uses our education program, um, 
you can expect that we'll be trying to kind of contact um, some people over the next coming weeks to try and get some information about how best we can, you know, ensure that program is is, is uh, serving the the people that it um, that it's designed to. So yeah, if if you are a teacher in Dunedin and want to give some feedback, and we when you don't see a, a a newsletter or a form sometime in the next couple of weeks, do get in touch with us because that would be really useful. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, and um, it's 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 interesting. This conversation has has led my mind on a journey where um, I I started thinking I don't know where where baby tuna come from, um, but I understand they come from adult tuna, um, yeah. but um, I I don't know when they're born, where they're born, or if they're migratory like other eels are. I, yeah, they, they, they definitely are migratory, um, but m- much like most eels, um, we actually have very little idea about what happens. We know that um, we know that they spend a long time here in Aotearoa. The, the adult females can spend up to sort of 80 years or more here in Aotearoa before they migrate. Mm. Um, they can get to be really big fish. They can get up to two meters um, long and up to 25 kilos in weight. Mm. And then um, they, when they migrate, they'll head out into the Pacific. And there's a, an ocean basin up near Tonga, and they'll swim up to there. So it's you know, about four or 4,000 kilometers probably from here. Um, and we basically, we, we've tracked couple of eels and so we know that they swim quite deep when they're moving up there an average depth of about 100 metres mm-hmm. and then, and then we, we don't know exactly where they go we only know roughly and all we know is that in return um, little tiny um, tuna get um, kind of a mixture of sw- they swim and they get they use a current and they end up back here on New Zealand shores and then swim up the rivers and start living their lives Okay, right Okay, thank you for that. Um, I I, sh- I should have prepared you for for uh, that question. Uh, it's a it's rather right. impolite of me just to spring that on you, but uh, it's just what came to mind when I was I was thinking about uh, about a sort of spring and uh, and where things came from and what 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 we see at Orokanui. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where where does that come from? And so eighty, did you say eighty years? Eight zero. Yeah, yeah. Crikey, that's an age. Yeah, so isn't it? I'm someone. Yeah, so some, I mean, in some of the big lakes, like the big, big, deep ones like uh, Wakatipu and, you know, Rotuiti and those sorts of ones, we think it can be even longer because they kind of sit down in the cold water and, and can spend, you know, more than 100 years in those places. But it really, um, it really highlights the need to kind of protect our waterways because, you know, if these, if these beautiful big tuna are spending, um, you know, up to 80 years or more uh, living in Aotearoa and then they go to migrate, and they get blocked by um, like a dam or or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a really that's a real waste of you know the the incredible life of that animal because it won't be able to breed. And as they only breed once in their lives, um, mm. that can cause a big a big impact to our our populations of these amazing fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. There's a big picture there, isn't there? It's sort of, um, sort of interconnected with with bits of ocean four thousand kilometers away, in order to ensure yeah, yeah. like uh, so we we need to we need to look quite 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 big when we look at our water our own waterways and everything around us. Yeah, absolutely. It just goes to show how much of a, a global community we are, and uh, much like you know we're starting to think that way about lots of the wildlife now, particularly things like albatross. 
and that we can't just protect them here in Aotearoa. We actually have to work as a as a global community to ensure their safety wherever they go. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, that that has been very interesting, Taylor. Thank you. So this is uh, Taylor from Orkanui Eco Sanctuary. He's bringing us up to date. So is there anything else you'd like to share? No, no, not today. Thank you. That's excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, that's that's been really um, that has been really interesting, and it's uh, it's piqued my interest. And uh, so maybe I'll see if I can try and get up this weekend. If uh, if I'm not if I'm not just spending the weekend sleeping, as uh, as many of us post COVID people seem to be doing. <laughs> So thank you again, Taylor, and uh, we'll um, we'll hear from you uh, or Tahu again in a fortnight. Yeah, thank you very much, um, and uh, yeah, um, hope, hopefully you make it up in the weekend. But otherwise, uh, thanks thanks for talking, and I'll see you uh, next time. Thank you, Kia ora. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.